The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Super Speedway. I don't know if we're cool, but uh, you know, I certainly have a lot of respect for Joey as a, as a person and, and his accomplishments. And um, I really appreciate the way he raced me tonight. I don't know if he tried to hit me or not. Maybe he didn't. Uh, maybe he did. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. To be honest with you, uh, I'm glad he didn't though. I appreciate it. And uh, you know, hopefully we can race clean. You know, for, uh, for the rest of the year. Welcome to episode 104 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Wednesday, April 17th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Young. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, James Cush. James, how's it going today? It's going good, man. That that sure is a, a different tone that Truex has uh, compared to the end of last year. Yeah. <laughs> with with Joey, after Joey uh, beat the pants off him for the championship. It's that, all. That is true. Man, I wanted to see Joey get into him and see what would happen. Yeah, it just couldn't quite get there. No, I feel like he could have dive bombed him, but I think Joey, Joey knew that he didn't want to take himself out as well, which he would have done if he'd have done it. Yeah, and uh, he wanted to actually win it or get second. So, yeah, he's locked in. He's fine. Yeah, it'd have been so much more fun though. (laughs) I know. We need it, man. We need something like that. Yeah, we need a good scrap. We haven't. I mean, we had we had a little one earlier in the year. Yeah, but. Qualifying is not enough. It it needs to happen live at the end of a race. Yes, for sure. That's where we need it. I just don't know if Richmond's going to be able to to deliver that one for us here, the way way it's been going. Yeah. You know, everybody gets all hyped up about Richmond every year, and I don't don't get that way anymore. Richmond's just not the track. Cars are too fast there. Yeah. They're still too fast. Yeah, you want to get into that? Should we get into that right now? I mean, we might as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me say this before we. Okay, let's start with this. Martin Truex Jr. won the Toyota Owners 400 Richmond Raceway this weekend. Uh, He and Cole Pern get back to victory lane, and Truex gets his first win in Joe Gibbs equipment. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, NASCAR needs to take this high downforce package that we have on these short tracks out back and shoot it. Period. (laughs) It sucks. The only track that is is sort of helped at was uh, or that it worked at was Bristol. And I don't think it helped at Bristol. I don't think it had anything to do with the package. I think it had to do with the with the track itself and the grippy stuff, whatever you want to call it. Every other race that this package has run has sucked. And I'm sorry, you know, Richmond isn't historically a spectacular race lately. Um, we've had some good moments at Richmond, but it's been really few and far between. And it's been a long time since I remember a real good one. Um, that being said, this was worse this weekend. And yes, the ending was good. I'll give them some credit for the ending. I believe it did well in Jeff Gluck's poll. Um, I don't think it should have. And I think it is the fault of this package. And yeah. I- I'm done with it, man. And, and NASCAR sticking with it. They're not ma- planning on changing it this season. And I hate it. We don't need more downforce. Yeah, you and I were talking about it right before we started recording that, that they're going backwards with this with this downforce. They yeah. they keep trying to make the cars more stable and and I just it's not I don't know it's not working. You shouldn't have aero issues at Richmond, right? And Martinsville. I mean, we had aero issues right. at Martinsville. I mean, come on. The, if you want to race slot cars, then let's race slot cars. That's basically what's going on. You know, and the, at least then you know you can have some side by side racing. Let's just. Put, you know, put the slots in the track, put some sticks on the front of the car and let's race them that way. Yeah, I it just it's uh, I'm so frustrated with it. And I don't know. (laughs) I'm just. Yeah, I I don't know what to say. I you you don't know what to say. You know, and the race was interesting, mostly due to Kyle Busch's speeding penalty. Right. Yeah. If it wouldn't have been for that, the race would have really sucked. Yeah, because he was going to he was going to stink up the show again and, and Gluck's poll would have been 25% worse. Right. You know, that, that's oh, the, at least the, the Kyle, Bush, the Kyle tax. Bush tax. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Right. That is, I mean, it is the Kyle Bush tax. Yeah. But yeah. But I mean, that's the way he's run right now. And you know, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I, I kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit glad we're going into a weekend where we don't have a race just to kind of 
hopefully set the reset button before we go to Talladega a little bit. Yeah, I don't need a reset button though. I just want to get to Talladega. I hope I hope Talladega doesn't disappoint. Um, well, one other thing, talk about Talladega, but yeah, one other thing I want to mention of this this package, and it's not this package specifically, um, but it's the new package that we're running this year with the Aerodux and all that. Um, you know, I I don't know. I'm starting to backtrack on that a little bit too, not because of the performance, because um, we have seen you know, a mixed bag of good and or yeah, we, okay yeah. to good, not really bad, but we're not nothing sure great, yet. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Let's, let's say it that. I yeah. don't think we've had terrible, but I'm starting to really wonder if the solution really is to reduce the horsepower on these cars. If, if that's really something we should be doing, I understand why we're doing it. We're trying to bring other manufacturers into the sport, but do we have to dumb the sport down? to bring those manufacturers in, if they can't compete with a 700 horsepower engine, then maybe they shouldn't be competing. You know what right. I mean? I mean, I don't know. I get, I don't care how fast the car goes into the corner, but these suckers should have some power and they should have more power than the lower series. And I guess if you're going to, if you're going to neuter the lower series, then too, then okay, do that. So this, and maybe that's in the plans, you know, I'm sure there's, there's talk of that and everything. Well, they're going to have to, you can't bring more manufacturers on for just the cup series. Right. They're going to have, they're going to have to have their own developmental programs too. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the reducing the horsepower thing. I really feel like, you know, it, this is the, the biggest, you know, the, the best, uh, stock car series in the world. And it, they, I don't think they should be limited like that, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we've been, on, we've been on board with that at right. nauseum. Well, I mean, we've <laughs> talked about it at nauseum and, and I, I felt that same I've way gone too, back but and forth on it, but yeah, it's hard though. I mean, we, we want to see the best racing possible. And right now I just, I don't think we're getting it. And then it's, it's tough because I feel like, you know, one of the best years for for competition we had was back in 2014. Um, you know, and the cars were really fast back then, but the racing was really good too. Yeah. And you know that that's not that far that long ago, but you know we've played with the rules so much now, we just don't know. You know we we kind of don't know what we're gonna get every week, but also we're kind of getting the same thing at the same time. We're right. you know there's these drivers are so skilled at this level, and with the cars as as easy as they are to drive. You know, we're not having any incidents. And, and you look at Richmond as an, as an example, you know, Joey really didn't have a chance at Truex, even though it was a good race. You know, like you said, it, it would have taken a dive bomb, dive, uh, dive bomb maybe, but that's, you know, I don't know. Not, not with not with the way the cars are set up. Yeah, I, I guess my biggest thing is, you know, I'd be singing a different tune if we were this far into the season you know, nine races in the season and we'd seen, you know, seven, six, even five, just great races that were way better than what we've seen before. But I don't think we've seen a single race that's been better than what we had in the past. Um, than what we had last season. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know that we've gone way worse, but I think we've had a couple races that were worse. And I, again, we're only nine races in, but we say we're only nine races in. We're, you know, a third of the way yeah, through the season. Well, yeah, we're almost 25% of the, we're, we're past 25% of the way right now. Right. Somewhere around there. Right. We're in that, we're in that spot. So, yeah. So like, I mean, we shouldn't still be figuring this out at playoff time. This should be, we should know what we've got by playoffs. Yeah. So we're pretty far along if you look at it that way. Yep. And I don't know. I mean, I don't expect NASCAR to come in and make a sweeping change this season. Um, but, and based on the all-star race, it doesn't look like they're going to go backwards. Yeah. They're not going backwards. They're well, they're we'll going see. backwards from what we want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're not, they're, they're, they're marching on. <laughs> they are marching on. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, about Richmond though. Um, Joe Gibbs won six of the last nine races. Uh, Gibbs and Penske have combined to win all the races so far this season. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, quite the domination right now is, I mean, I guess, I guess the first question is who's going to be the first guy to break through. That's not in one of these two teams. And yeah. is anybody can, I mean, can anybody compete with these guys right now? I mean, we're, we're we say Penske's won Penske and Gibbs has won all the races, but Penske's won three. I mean, yeah. I mean, who, Gibbs has separated over the last, what is it? Three or four weeks. Gibbs has separated themselves oh, yeah. even from Penske, even from Penske. Yeah. Although, you know, Penske was there, you know, uh, on Saturday too, but, um, it's like we've got these, you know, we got Gibbs, we got Penske, and then we got Stuart Haas just kind of lurking 
lurking around yep. and it's everybody else. That's and that's it. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, man, it's tough. Gibbs is really I mean, all their guys are just I mean, they've they are all they're all winning. And Eric Jones is kind of, you know, he, he's not running the greatest right now, but, you know, he'll get there, too. I think we basically so, have Stuart Haas from last year is Joe Gibbs this year. Yeah, they've they've upped their game. Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically what we have is it's the same deal. We've got one team that's doing the dominating with the majority of yeah. their drivers. And, yep. you know, and, I, Jones has been a disappointment lately. The last couple of weeks, he's had some rough runs. Yeah. And that's going to I mean, I think with all these four car teams, there's always one team that's for, for whatever reason is right. You know, not not quite there, but it's hard to have four great teams. <laughs> I mean, Stuart Haas last year was the, you know, that was the outlier when they had four of the last eight in the playoffs. I mean, that that's crazy. Right. Um, we're not going to see, you know, we're not going to see that too often, but, um, <laughs> well, you know, and, and with Gibbs, you've got some great veteran talent in the best equipment, you know, Hamlin's really stepped up his game and now you've, you've brought in the 2017 champ with, you know, with pretty much that same 78 team over to the 19. And, you know, Truex has never won on a on a short track before. And, yeah. and lo and behold, there we are. Cole Pern, he and Cole Pern got it done. Um, it, you know, being with Gibbs it has, you know, may have elevated them, you know, maybe not so much in, in win total so far. But they're still, you think about it, they're still coming together it may be a lot of the same guys in the same manufacturer, but they're still, they still got to come together under the Gibbs banner. And to fa the fact that they've already got a win now and, and had a really good race is, is kind of scary. Cause that team, that's the type of team with a driver that could probably, you know, take off towards the middle of the season and do a lot of what Kyle Busch is doing. And, and it's all, it's all Gibbs. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I think Stuart Haas is pretty close and I think we're going to see them break off. back through yeah. here. Yeah, they're not far off. Um, I honestly, I don't know that they're off at all. I just think that that uh, Gibbs is that good right now. Gibbs, uh, yeah, Gibbs is elevated. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're seeing the 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 tide has risen with the entire Gibbs organization, and uh, yeah, Stuart Haas is Stuart Haas may have slipped a little bit, but I I don't know. I mean, they're there. They're not they're not that far behind. It's not like they're Hendrick or Roush, you know, trying to trying to catch up right now. They're they're right there. Right. Um, just a few stats here on the day, or, or I, I don't know if we want to call them stats, facts, whatever. Uh, Truex won the race. It's 20th victory, uh, 486 Monster Energy Cup Series starts. Um, first victory and sixth top 10 finish in the 2019 season. Uh, so also his first victory and 10th top 10 finish in 27 races at Richmond Raceway. Um, Joey Logano came home second, uh, his 12th top 10 finish in 21 races at Richmond. Sixth top 10 finish in 2019 out of nine races. Uh, Clint Boyer was the top finishing um, Stuart Haas car, finished third. Uh, his 15th top 10 in 27 races at Richmond. And Daniel Hemrick was the top rookie in 19th place. Um, Kyle Busch leading your point standings by 20 points over Joey Logano after Richmond. So there you go. Yeah. Um, there you go. Good, good numbers. Like winners that. and losers on the day. I already gave you my loser, and that's NASCAR with this package. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Kyle Larson, man. Yeah, he's in the bad luck uh, buzzsaw right now. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how much of it's him or not, but it's, it's, you know, there's always a driver who gets a little bit snake bit and he is, he's got a, he's got a tough hill to climb right now. Yeah. Last, last place, 37th, one point. It's rough. Yeah. You don't want to be there. You don't no. want to be in that spot. No. Um, Let's see. We mentioned Kyle. Kyle ended up eighth uh, with a speeding penalty, led 101 laps on the day. Martin Truex Jr. led 186. Um, so those two combined to lead most of the laps. Uh, Joey Logano led 52. Kevin Harvick, who came home fourth, led 30. Brad Keselowski, seventh place, led 31. Uh, we mentioned Clinton Boyer. Clint Boyer gets a third place finish. Good finish for him. Austin Dillon in sixth. That's yeah, a that was a nice run, run for, Austin. for Austin. Yeah, nice run for Austin Dillon. Ryan Newman again in the top ten. Yep. Uh, but you're. I mean, that's the best that six cars run in a long time. Yes. He, he's 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 showing results. It's awesome. Definitely. Um, one I want to point out, and I can't remember if I pointed it out last week or not, and I'm not doing it just to get under your skin. No, he's running good too. It's the same thing as Newman. Paul Menard, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah. Tenth place finish. That he has been running really well. 
And, you know, I, I was thinking about it during the Richmond race when they were talking about them. We laughed and, or, or, you know, were disappointed that Wood Brothers was going to go with somebody like like Paul Menard and that we kind of felt like that was, you know, all about money and not about performance. And they were going to struggle with that. And we were bummed about that. But so far, he's done pretty darn well for him. He's been pretty consistent. Yeah. Yeah, he's got back-to-back top tens, and he's right now he's um, a, a career, well, almost a career best, um, 16th, 16th uh, place average finish right now. So he's running really well. Yeah, um, finished uh, ninth and tenth in the stages too. So he got top tens in all three stages. So not yep. bad. Not bad at all. Uh, let's see. Chase Elliott finished fifteenth. Um, anybody else really jump out to me in here? I don't think so. No, not really. I mean, uh, Kurt Busch just missed out on another top 10. I mean, he's he's still running pretty well Yeah, compared to, to his teammate. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, not difficult to run better than 37th. Right, right. <laughs> um, all the Hendrick cars are kind of bunched in. Uh, Johnson, Byron, Elliott, and uh, Bowman all within 12th to 17th. Yeah. They're all in that. They're all kind of bunched up there. I'll give you one yeah. more winner on the weekend, and, and that's Mother Nature. Um, we were pretty much expecting the Xfinity race to maybe make it to the end of the second stage to be an official race. They mm-hmm. got all their laps in. There was tons of threat about weather. We joked about it last week that we were going to be racing on Sunday, and that didn't happen. The cup race ran without a hitch. There was no rain, and we got the whole thing in. So DW's vortex theory. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was working for the Xfinity race. They were laughing about it on the air, but... I'll tell you what, the, the rain was coming and immediately disappearing and splitting the track when it got there. So the I've seen it happen at Michigan, too. Lives. Yes. <laughs> so There'll be DW's legacy yeah. in the booth. Don't get me wrong. The Vortex uh, theory is ridiculous, but it did work <laughs> out this weekend. So <laughs> um, anything else about Richmond before we get to our do we care? No, let's move on, man. Let's put no. it in the past. We're sort of going to move on because the do we care is still a Richmond topic. <laughs> right. um, I wanted to do a quick discussion of this. There were a bunch of pre-race issues at Richmond. Um, Let's see. I'm going to run through them here. Eight cars failed inspection uh, for pre-race post-qualifying expansion. Three crew members were ejected. Uh, Let's see. Chase Elliott, uh, Daniel Suarez, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Almirola, Denny Hamlin, Matt Tiff, Joey Gase uh, all got moved to the back and some of them lost crew members, blah, blah, blah because yeah. of these uh, pre-race tech inspection issues and having yep. to go through multiple times. So James, do we care? Nah. <laughs> I, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast quite a bit too, but remember when we said, you know, these teams were going to play nice at the beginning of the year because of the repercussions of yeah. inspections and things. Um, they have so far and now I think we're starting to see some of these teams um, really kind of push the limit a little bit. I mean, there's there's a good make, there's no rhyme or reason for it either. You've got Hamlin in there who's had a ton of success this year. Um, other than that, I, I don't know. These teams are kind of pushing the issue. I I, I feel like I I kind of care, but I'm not super worried about it because they they got you know they ended up getting through eventually. You know why I don't care? Because <laughs> we're talking about it the day of the race. And before the race and not after yeah. the race. That's why yeah. I don't care. <laughs> right. So you know, I'm, I'm good with it. I mean, push it a little bit and things are going to happen. You're going to have guys that fail tech, yep. but they need to fail tech before the race and get it figured out before the race. And we shouldn't have any of that crap after the race. And well, and NASCAR so said, you know, it, you know, NASCAR said at the beginning of the year, this, these new inspection or these new penalties taking wins away and such um, was really, it wasn't a post race penalty thing. It was to clean up, the 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 you know first half of inspection at the right. before the race and we we're seeing it work right now you know this i think this time last year you saw all those teams failing post-race inspection we had the window issues and we haven't seen any of that kind of stuff this year so far i mean this is the biggest list i've ever seen on racing reference of uh to the back but right uh, it's working it's working i'm good with it so yep me too yeah all right let's talk some news james uh, we got some, uh, some news on the all-star race tonight. We already hinted at it. Um, they announced the, uh, the, the package for this year's all-star race earlier today. Yes. Um, if you want to see the entire press release from NASCAR, 
It is in the show notes, which you can find at thesuperspeedway.com. So what do we got here? We have a new aero package that is supposed to give us a glimpse at the Gen 7 car. So uh, let's see. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to have a single piece of carbon fiber splitter um, slash uh, pan that is supposed to offer dramatic improvements in ride height sensitivity for the drivers. The technical technical component will provide a more stable aero platform. Yuck. And create more <laughs> consistent performance in traffic. Okay, that's good. Also, the car will be configured with a radi- with a radiator duct which exits through the hood, as opposed to the current design which exits into the engine compartment. It's supposed to create improved aerodynamic parity and at the same time reduce engine temperatures. Buh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said it when you snuck that yuck in there. Well, here's the here's the biggest issue that I have, is that. The first is a single piece carbon fiber splitter. I thought we were getting rid of the splitter. Yeah, that's what we want. I thought O'Donnell said the splitter was going away. If we had taken the splitter off of this, I would be super excited. Take the splitter and the side skirts off these bad boys. Let's go. Yep. You know what? They're going slower now. We don't have to worry about them going airborne. So we don't need all that stuff. It's true. It's true. Um, <laughs> otherwise, they've made a small adjustment to the uh, segments. Basically, they're adding five laps to the last segment. So we'll have 20, 20. And, oh, hold on. Where'd it go? I yep. lost it. Stage, stage one, 20. Stage two, 20. Stage three, 15. Uh, right? yeah. Or yeah, stage, I'm sorry. I was reading the open format. So oh, the open yeah. Format so am I. 20, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, where that's I'm confused. I thought it didn't seem yeah. right. The open format is 20, 20, 10. And then the all-star race format is 30, 20, 20, 15. Yep, there we go. Perfect. Four stages. Yes. Uh, yellow flag laps will count stages one through three. Only green flag laps count in the final stage. We'll use overtime rules in the first three stages. In the final stage, if it is restarted with two or less laps remaining, there will be unlimited attempts at a green-white checkered finish under green flag conditions. And I'm... If a race is restarted with two laps or less remaining, it doesn't. So the unlimited attempts at green, white checkered finish that doesn't tell us though, if white flag means no more green, white checkered, I'm assuming that rule is the same as it is currently. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And if they get to the white flag, it'll be over, but I don't, yeah, I don't know that flag. for sure. Yep. Anything after the white flag probably ends the race. Yep. So. But yeah, there's no clarification on what we're looking at. So, Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's our all-star package yep. still at Charlotte, which we kind of knew that was yep. going to happen. Um, I don't know. Listen, I, I, I'm on record of being all for testing in race conditions some things that NASCAR m- thinks might work. Yeah. However, I am very much anti-stability, <laughs> anti-splitter, so I don't I don't know what to think. I you know, if if they're doing a ton of testing and they're spending millions of dollars on all this stuff, then boys have at it. Go out there and race it. I, you know, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's right. like, you know, let's see it in a in a racing setting, um, and, and go from there. If it works, great. Then I'll be wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I do agree that you know I was not a fan of them testing the you know the aero package a couple of years ago at Michigan and and Indy. Um, I'm okay with them doing it in the lower series. I don't like seeing them do it in the cup series. And this is an, a way to do that in these special races that don't mean anything. And well, great. You know, let's, let's experiment. Yeah. Let's see what works right. and what doesn't. It's the only, the only way going to test these packages is to put them in race conditions. So exactly. And what NASCAR has done is they've taken the testing from the teams. Cause the teams were the ones who would try a whole bunch of crap right. at the all-star race. And they've said, no, we're going to throw you <laughs> something completely different so yep. we can actually test. So, yeah, I like yeah, that. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so I have a proposal for the All Star Race, and Uh-oh. and potentially move this into future. So at California, we did a. They've been doing these special pace laps at different tracks. California, we did what five wide pace lap. Yeah, five, yeah, the five wide salute. Richmond, we did four wide. These guys run three, four, five wide at some of these tracks. Let's just line them up three wide and start them that way once. Oh, that's a good idea. I mean, give it a shot. What's it, the Indy 500 starts three wide? Why can't we do Charlotte, it in the Cup Series? Charlotte would be really spooky to yeah, do that. Yeah, but I could see California. I could see California. California. What about Daytona and Talladega, man? Three wide. 
Yeah, Talladega could pull it off. Yeah, Talladega Daytona, could start him like eight wide. Daytona would be pretty tight, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, the Talladega they could do it. Michigan they could do it. Yeah, Michigan they could drop the flag at four wide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it wouldn't be a problem. The other thing, you know, we've been talking about these qualifying issues and all this, and I proposed this last season. I say the way to fix qualifying is to do the all-star qualifying every week. Yeah, and that's not changing. It looks like that format's the same, yep. which is the best. It, it's the best show. Make the of- pit crews make a pit stop. Let them come down pit road full speed. That's the way to do it. That's you get You will get people tuning into qualifying to see cars run you know, 180 miles an hour down the, uh, you know, pit road at Michigan. Yeah. I they come up for it. Yeah. They come off the corner at Charlotte to make that pit stop. And it is like watching a jet land. Yeah. On runway. It's, I mean, it's insane. The only thing that that would ruin is then these guys would get good at stopping in their pit stalls. Cause that's the best part about Charlotte is watching them all slide through it. Oh yeah. Tony Stewart one time, I can't remember what <laughs> he had to go back. He, I think he was an illegal pit stop or something. He did something wrong and he had to back up like 500 yards all the way back down pit road. Yeah. Like talking to the team, like, sorry guys, that was my bad. Right. Yeah. yeah, It was good. That's good stuff. Uh, A couple more news items, Nashville fairgrounds, James, take this one. Oh my God. I am so upset. So uh, basically long story short, just a quick summary. And we'll have a link to the article. It's from the Tennessean. So um, Nashville, I guess it's Nashville's home, home paper. Um, long story short, SMI went to, went to the city and said, we want $54 million from the taxpayers to help make this whole thing happen. And that (laughs) I was talking to you before we were started recording. I was furious. (laughs) I don't know what the, I don't know what the heck they're trying to do with this whole thing. I, I mean, everybody's got a great idea. But everybody wants somebody else to foot the bill. Right. And that's the problem and, we have right now. Right. And I don't understand. Here's here's my thing. No taxpayer should ever, ever, ever pay to help build an arena, build a racetrack, whatever. I think that is the biggest scam in the history of sports. Oh, I agree. You know how much money Detroit spent? Detroit spent yes, money a second that, time to update Ford Field. That was my – I was going to use Detroit <laughs> as an example. Detroit in the middle of the worst economic state <laughs> in the history of, <laughs> you know, of Michigan, not only redid Ford Field and did that whole thing, they built Little Caesars uh-huh. Arena on the back of the taxpayers – when the Illich family has, I mean, <laughs> but hold on. on, James, hold on. Little Caesars Arena, they're putting like buildings and all kinds of. They have these big oh. plans to really. Oh <laughs> I bet you you don't so ever see spend... any of those apartments ever. So that people can spend even more money down right. there when they go to a show. Yeah, I mean, I've been down there, and it's. I, I will say it's pretty. I will say things are looking better. Yeah. There's still that rundown house on the outside of Little Caesars Arena, which is hilarious. That it has a big for sale sign on it. Um, but you know, here's the thing: the taxpayers foot the bill for all this stuff. And in the case of Little Caesars Arena, nobody's going to games. Right. You check it. Check in on the Red Wings and the Pistons well, game one time and see the hang- to do with the quality of the teams that are in the arena. Right. But. Right. <laughs> but you so you pay for the stadium, you pay for the tickets, you pay for food, drinks, whatever. And the owners are just raking it in. They're making mm-hmm. all the money they're putting for the little bit of money that they put towards making these stadiums happen. They get all the rewards. Right. The fans get nothing. The fans aren't making any money off of this. Oh, we get to root for our teams. That's great. But I mean, come on, that's, it's ridiculous. And the same thing here with Nashville. I don't understand why a taxpayer would ever, if it was up to being voted on, why would a taxpayer be like, oh, you want us to pay $54 million to bring NASCAR into Nashville? Right. Sorry. We got other things we want. I mean, as long as they get like free tickets and stuff to the race, then great. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, you, you, but you don't, as a taxpayer, you foot that bill. You essentially own the help, own the, or partially own the track, but you don't get any profit from that. You don't get any benefit from that. Exactly. I don't understand it. 
I don't understand it. And and you know, and to the to the city's credit, they they rebuffed at SMI and said, "You bring us a real proposal, and then we can start talking." So, right it, from the sounds of it, they uh, you know, so this isn't going to happen this way, which is great. I, you know, good for the city for sta- sticking up for themselves because I don't think, I don't think they should take that deal. That's terrible. Terrible deal. Between this and the soccer stadium, I think this is these are the nails in the coffin. I don't think this ever happens. We thought it, we thought it was for sure going to happen at one point. Yeah. And now it's looking like I don't know. I mean, they they could just take the soccer stadium and they would probably have enough for what they want to do with it. You Did know, you I, look at the image of the plans in that pic, in that article? Yeah, it looks great. I thought it was pretty cool myself. Yeah, but you're, but you're talking they're basically building a new track. Right. It's right next to each other. Yeah, I mean the 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 basic wireframe of the racetrack is still there, but it's it's completely different. Yeah, which I mean we kind of knew they were going to have to do, right? Because Nashville can't possibly host a cup race, especially in the state it's in. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm 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 not so confident it's going to happen now. Yeah, it's we'll um, yeah, it's it's changed. Let's put it this way: it ain't happening in 2021, guys. Nope. We are not gonna certainly not gonna see a cup race there in twenty twenty one. There is not enough time to get this deal done. No, it's gonna take it's gonna take a little more time than we thought. But yep. NASCAR is is fully invested in the Nashville experience right now. I mean, they moved the the awards banquet there and everything. So Right. Um yeah, we'll see, man. I don't know. Did you really just you you multitask and were talking and actually having a discussion with me and correcting the link in the show notes? Yeah, the, I'm impressed, the, man. The fair, well, the the Tennessean must have changed the URL because yeah, I went it, to open it worked it. earlier. It broke, and so I went and I fixed it. I fixed the link. I'm I can multitask, man. I can't do that. I would have been talking <laughs> over myself. Did I sound coherent enough? Yeah, like I, you sound like you knew, like you knew what you're saying. That's hey, we sorry. we have to deliver we have to deliver great products for the people that listen to this podcast and read the show notes. Sorry to to break the fourth wall, but I I thought I, I had to acknowledge that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you get the next one too, James, since it's your buddy. Yeah, Smoke. Uh, he he rose up from uh, the the bowels <laughs> of the dirt tracks and uh, did an interview. Um, yeah, he doesn't do very many interviews anymore, <laughs> but he did one with NBC Sports and Dustin Long. Um, basically, just a quick Q and A, but um, basically, Dustin just asked him a bunch of questions on the state of the sport, qualifying, team ownership, how he's doing with his sprint car. And uh, got into the nitty gritty with him a little bit. Um, Tony does not, <laughs> basically does not like um, young drivers and the marketing that NASCAR is is putting behind them. Of course, the um, old guy doesn't like the young. The drivers. old guy hates it. Yeah, and and Tony's the Tony's old guy bad. with a bunch of old guys on his team. Minus and, one. Yeah, and the, and the old guy who looks up to even older guys too. You know, <laughs> right. so. But he said he says basically, you know, there's no heroes coming up the ranks. So he, he's not a believer in the, in the Byron's and the, the Bowman's of the world. Um, the thing is though, is these guys have to make themselves heroes. I mean, that's, the that's the biggest to. thing. They have to have the chance to, right? I mean, you're not, I, I don't know. Dale Earnhardt isn't going to make it in the cup series anymore. That, that type of character just isn't going to, yeah. isn't going to work. And I get what Tony's saying, but it, this is no different than the people that are like, we want the, you know, the old gen three car back. Cause it raced better. It's just not going to happen. There's, there's too many things that, you know, are, have changed yeah. that it's not possible to get that back, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's another thing that you brought up a good point because that's another thing Tony talks about in here. He said, technology has too far is advanced too far for us to ever go back to yep. the way things were. Um, yeah. Once you they, know what downforce does, you can't, avoid downforce yeah. yeah and these teams you know you and i you know talk about this all the time these teams cannot be cannot police themselves they are going right. to do whatever they can to stink up the show exactly that's their job their job is not to provide yep. a good race their job is to win at all costs exactly. yes exactly and, th- and this is where i disagree with smoke quite a bit on, on this whole thing is you know these these guys have to have a chance and you know we we may not like it but you know, things aren't going back to the way they were. We just have to find the new normal. And I think we're, I think the sports in a state of flux right now where we don't know what, we don't know what the normal is. Right. We, we, you know, we're well, trying to shoot for the stars all the time and, and we continuously miss. It's not, you know, you know, it's not good for anybody. We can't have Dale Earnhardt or Dale Jr. or Russ Wallace or Tony Stewart as our heroes in this sport anymore because they're not in the sport anymore. 
Right. So somebody else has to fill those roles. And honestly, I think part of it is that, um, you know, there's that many, you know, qualified good drivers that nobody's able to stand out. Um, and the one that has, everybody hates (laughs) partially rightfully so, you know, and you know, Jimmy is now over that hump and he would be a fan favorite now if he started winning again. Um, but I, I don't know, like you said, these, these guys have to have to fall into that role. And yes, I do agree. And, and Tony is going to say this because Tony wasn't like this, but the drivers are too vanilla. They're too worried to say things that are going to upset their sponsors, but that's not their fault. Right. You know, it's, it's the world that they live in. Right. Tony is a sponsorship driven sport and, and money matters more now than ever as, as the sport has slid back into, um, more of a minor, uh, not, not so much main, they've slid out of the mainstream, right. you know, they're not, they're not the top of conversations anymore. Tony was able to build himself a good, you know, group of supporters because home Depot put up with his crap. Yeah. Honestly, and he came that's, along at that's the right why. time and right. he came along at the right time. The sport was at its apex. Exactly. When, when it was Tony more Stewart important for home Depot to be in the sport than for home Depot to punish Tony Stewart for doing stupid crap. And, and that's it. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. And by the time he was done with home Depot and moved on to other things, he still, he was able to, to get by, you know, with that, but Tony cooled off too. I mean, he wasn't the same guy by any means when he left the sport. Yes. He still got fired up at times, but he's more vocal. Now he reminds me of those people that, you know, I cover local government a lot and you get these people that sit there and do the same thing every week. They vote things in blah, blah, blah. And then they get off the board and then they talk all tough. Like you, they're after the next, it's like, you guys didn't do it when you were in office. So, you know, so it's, it's really easy Monday morning quarterback and not to, not to poo poo on your buddy, Tony Stewart. Cause I love Tony and I love this about Tony. I want Tony to keep doing this stuff. Yeah. I, this is, and that's part of it too. Like how, when I read this type of stuff and I read Tony all fired up, I just think about how much I miss that. (laughs) Right. You know, every week there was the possibility that Tony was going to, you know, come unglued. Right. And he doesn't really come unglued in this piece. He's just stating his beliefs on where things are at. Um, I, you know, it's only a two or three minute read, but I, you know, go, please go to the link in the show notes and, and just check it out. If you're a fan of, of smoke, like I am, um, you know, he does bring up some good points. I mean, he, he, you know, takes care of NASCAR qualifying pretty quick. I was going to say so. he fixes qualifying. So let me, let me do this real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see, let me find the right spot. Uh, it's like the second or third question. Yeah, I got it right here. Yep. Um, you already line the cars up on pit road in an organized manner. You have a maximum speed, have a minimum speed on pit road. Once that car pulls out of its spot, it has to keep going plain and simple. You can go anywhere in that speed range you want, but once you take off, you've got to keep going. How much more simple is it than that? Bam. <laughs> fixed. There you go. Qualifying fixed. fixed. Yeah. And he tells, <laughs> he says to NASCAR, you got to quit making it about you. Make yep. the teams have to make the decisions. Yep. Which is, Yep. Well, and that's the thing is is NASCAR does keep making it about them. They go and say, well, the teams are trying to stink up our show and the teams make it about them and say, NASCAR is trying to put them in a box and okay, well set the parameters and just do it. And that's, you know, that's, I think that's been an issue. This, that's one of the things that's frustrating with this qualifying thing is NASCAR keeps bending and changing things. First of all, change it right. But second of all, just leave it alone and let these guys figure it out. Yeah. You know, they, I'm tired of this. NASCAR used to do a thing. It used to be Bill France Jr. And when Bill France Jr. said, this is what we were doing, guess what? That's what you were doing. And everybody listened. Everybody shut up. And they did their thing. Now. Exactly. Yeah. This driver's council and all this crap. It's terrible. Yeah. I was afraid of the RTA when the RTA was announced. And it, I don't think it has done good for the sport. It hasn't done anything. The driver's council hasn't done anything either. No. It really hasn't It's muddied the waters is all. Yeah. Yeah, and NASCAR doesn't have an elder statesman like Stewart anymore. Like Johnson, right. this is the type of stuff Johnson, you know, love him or hate him, Johnson's never going to say this. No, kind of and he should stuff. be. He's the he, yeah. he's the guy who should be doing it. Well, J- Jimmy's always been vanilla ice cream, and that's yeah, and and and, and that's nothing wrong with that. He's built an empire off of just completely cons- a steely-eyed, focused competitor, and that's fine. Right. But we just don't have when when Stewart retired. You know, Junior wouldn't go out of his way to say a lot of this stuff either you know no. there was always a transition from Earnhardt to even gordon would go out there once in a while 
um, Earnhardt, Gordon, and Stewart. But now we don't. We just don't have the. We don't have that one guy right now. Yep. Yeah, that is something we need. We really do I, need that. I feel like Kyle Busch. I think Brad Keselowski tries, but he's he's just not. He doesn't have that kind of. Pull. Kevin Harvick tries too. He does too. And, Harvick. You know, try. Harvick is probably the closest to this. Um, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Corey LaJoy during Jeff Jeff Gluck's twelve questions that mentioned it that that Harvick's one of those guys that NASCAR listens to. If Harvick says something, they, they tend to listen a little bit more. Um, and, and that's true. I mean, Harvick does have a lot more pull. It seems than a lot of drivers Harvick to me comes across kind of whiny. And I guess the biggest thing for me with Harvick is Harvick does it in the media. He does it on his show instead of going to NASCAR and doing it. Yep. And so I think that bothers me is that it, he's kind of taking the passive aggressive approach to it, I guess. Yeah, I don't like that, though. I tend to be a passive aggressive person myself, so I should be okay with it. But a lot of athletes are passive aggressive. I mean, the LeBron James is the most passive aggressive person on the face of the earth, you know, and he's and he's got a ton of pull. So that's the way things are, I feel like, these days. Yeah. So uh, I guess you can have the last one, too, James, since you put it in here. It's your deal. It's my deal. Uh, So I was all in on Monday when Johnson ran (laughs) the Boston Marathon. I had him on my tracker and was following along, and he did phenomenal. Nice. Did phenomenal. You know, he was on pace, so he, he set the goal of three hours, which is, I mean, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine running that far. How many miles is a marathon? It's 26.2 miles. Okay. And to run, to run under, to run sub three hours you have to average about a 652 653 pace per mile hmm. so think about how fast that is if you dare you know try yeah. try to run a mile and see how fast you can run a mile and he has to continue um, that the entire how many way. days do i have no, I, right exactly <laughs> exactly i feel the same way um but so anyway he he was on pace for quite a while he started to slow down a little bit um towards the middle of the race and then uh, in Boston, there is a very famous part of the race between mile 20 and 21 called Heartbreak Hill, and it's basically a mile uphill, hmm. and it's it comes at a point in the race where your body is just begging for you to quit. And uh, Johnson struggled a little bit at Heartbreak Hill, but got through it and ended up finishing at a 309, which is just, I mean, at his age and, you know, everything else he has going on, just phenomenal. Um I, you know, and, and the running community, God bless them. They, they really embraced him. They had him on TV. They, um, you know, they welcomed him to the race and, and just kind of made a big deal and, uh, of him, of him participating. Um, he, he said he had fans all across the course, uh, cheering him on, recognizing him. Um, just a really good, a nice goodwill thing that he kind of did to, to boost up this, up the sport. Cause there's millions of people in Boston for this thing. I mean, it's right. the biggest it is the biggest race in the world for, for runners. So, um, I know he's really proud. He should be. Um, I, and I'm proud of him, man. That's, that's a great accomplishment. Really great. So racing news has an article up here. Um, he says, I tried to hold the sub three, but knew it halfway. I was in trouble. I pulled it back and worried about finishing at that point. Um, he says, uh, after the race, <laughs> he says, I'm finding the stairs quite challenging today. Other yes. than that, I'm on cloud nine. Yeah. So uh, he's yeah. officially qualified for next year's running. Yeah. Yeah. So he can do it anytime he wants now. He doesn't need a sponsor's exemption. So he is, he's, he's locked in. He finished 4,183rd. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, all, <laughs> yeah. 3,765 uh, for his gender. Yeah. He's, uh, he is such a beast. <laughs> I, I mean, if if people don't think NASCAR drivers are athletes, this is a heck of an example to take yeah. a, to take a look at. Well, Jimmy Johnson's um, not even human. No, he's not human. <laughs> it, I, you know, so everything I've about done, him is not. I mean, I'm quite right. convinced he's a robot. Yeah, I've done him, and he said, you know, something he said really stuck out to me and validated my experience running the marathon last year. I didn't run. The, I should clarify. I did not run the Boston Marathon. I'm no nowhere near fast <laughs> enough. Um. But he said it was the hardest thing, hardest thing he's ever done, like physically ever done. Right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I when I ran the marathon, I uh, I had some issues getting towards the end of the race. Just, you know, it was like 90 degrees <laughs> and <laughs> and, you know, you get to the late stage of the race and you're already dehydrated. Right. Um, so that type of heat really put, takes a toll on you. Um, and I thought it was, you know, at that time I thought, man, I just, maybe I wasn't prepared or, or not, but to the fact that Jimmy Johnson said that 
that this accomplishment is one of the hardest is the hardest thing he's ever done. Um, kind of validated my experience too, and is it's just a great example to look at to look at. Um, you know, for fitness and and you know people who are in that kind of in, into that kind of thing is, um, I don't know, man. I I was really rooting for him, and <laughs> and he knocked it out of the park. It was just really cool. That's pretty cool. Good for yeah. Jimmy. Good for Jimmy. I hope to see more drivers doing things like this too. I mean, I, you know, and he wasn't even the only guy from Hendrick Motorsports who ran. There was one of the guys who was on the engine building team who who was there too. So yeah. Well, speaking of that, you know, something we didn't mention in the in the news. You said you hope to see more guys do things like this. Um, this is not quite the same vein, but there is talk that Kyle Busch's new contract with Joe Gibbs allows him to run the Indy 500. That's, yeah, I've read that as well. Yeah. So wouldn't that be interesting? I love the extracurricular stuff. I'd love He's to see gonna both brothers run the Indy 500. He's going to run the Indy 500. Oh, yeah, he is. He wants to. He's. That's going to happen. That's yeah. that's what new contracts are for. You negotiate He's that type of stuff. He's done everything in NASCAR he could do. If you're, if you're at a point to negotiate a contract and you're Kyle Busch, and you go to Joe Gibbs, what, how Joe Gibbs isn't going to, he's not going to say, sorry, if you want that in there, you can go find another team. Right. Kyle's not going anywhere. No. Kyle's at his apex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's if Joe Gibbs apex, gets rid of Kyle Busch, he is an idiot. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know, people, that's another, you brought up another good point with that too, or made me think of a good point. Um, people get on, get on Jimmy Johnson and get on Kyle Larson sometimes for the extracurricular activities that they do, whether, whether it's driving on dirt or like Jimmy, you're into fitness or you're riding your bike. Um, you know, Jimmy was doing an interview with Michael Waltrip and said, you know, really running takes, it takes time and it takes a lot of effort to train. But he said, most of these guys are out golfing and, you know, fishing right. or whatever. And he said, that takes more time than, than getting in a training run. Right. You know, if Jimmy wants to, you know, do it, needs to do a 10 mile run, that's, you know, maybe an hour and 15 minutes or so Yeah. compared to being on the golf course for four hours. So, you know, people just need to settle down. I mean, these guys have lives outside of, outside of racing too. Exactly. And that's the thing too. Like, okay. So if you're on my side and you don't want to shorten the season up, then let these guys do some fun stuff too. You yeah. know, if they're, if, if they've got to go, you know, balls to the walls every single week, all week long, every then that 36 race season is grueling. It's a lot more yeah. grueling, yeah. but if they can do things like this that they want to do, then you know, great. That if that gets them gets them to keep going, awesome. Let them do it. Yeah, yeah. Let We're worrying about what these guys do in their personal time, for God's sakes. Yeah. Let them have a lot. Let them have lives. Yeah. And and you know, doing cool things like this. I mean, the Jimmy Johnson doing this race. You know, believe me or not, raised the profile of NASCAR. Yeah. It's a great thing that he did, and and well, hopefully he a, opened. There's a lot of what? argument about whether drivers are athletes, and not every driver is an athlete. Yeah. Not every driver can go and run a marathon and most yeah. can't. Um, but you know, you know, let's, okay. And I don't remember which show it was. It was one of the serious shows was talking about it and it's a good example. So Tiger Woods, he's an athlete, right? He just won the masters. He's, he's ex how athletic do you have to be to play golf? Right. Tiger doesn't exactly. run, you know, on the golf run. course. No. He walks it's a different kind of athleticism. Exactly. Now, does being athletic help him? And yeah, then great, but he doesn't. And that's so like this whole, you have, you know, drivers aren't athletes. Well, yeah, some of them aren't as athletic as other people, but it's still, you know, athleticism helps in this sport yeah. and it's no different. I mean, look at a football quarterback. How many minutes do they, how much running do they actually do? Not much. They take a ball and they throw a ball, you know, <laughs> well, baseball pitcher is a great example. Yeah. Baseball in general is a great example. How much yeah. running do you actually do in baseball? It's mostly standing around. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, and that's not Be to, that's not to hit on, you know, go against any of these sports. They all take their special skills. It's not to say Tiger Woods isn't skilled. It's not to say Tom Brady's not skilled, but skill and athleticism are different. All sports are different. Yep. NASCAR is the same. Is the one of the same. I, yep. You know, I'm glad you brought up Tiger Woods. Because I'm so glad there wasn't a NASCAR race on Sunday, <laughs> but because I, I was all I'm for the record, I'm, I was all in. I love the Masters. I, don't even I was care. rooting for Tiger. I don't, I don't care. Even care. Well, I had Tiger. I know Tiger was on the Masters and then Game of Thrones was on at night. Sunday was oh, a heck of a man. day. I don't know if I could have handled the NASCAR race. So you're also responsible for the winter weather we got Sunday. The whole winter is coming. Crap. Now, I don't say I'm not, I'm not a super nerd. I just like the TV show. <laughs> all so, right. Here's here's something that happened that I wanted to talk to you about before. This is and we're going to talk about Talladega in a second. Yeah. Um, so the Masters, the biggest tournament in golf, 
yep. outside of maybe the maybe the British Open, um, there was bad weather coming in, and they knew about it. And guess what? They took their final round and said, you know what? We're gonna move this ahead three hours and start at seven o'clock in the morning, hmm. rather than ten o'clock. <laughs> right. And guess what? The TV ratings were fantastic. People tuned in, and they were able to get the full show in, and they had the great moment with Tiger winning the Masters, and was fantastic. Which made me think, NASCAR always gives us crap all the time <laughs> about they can't move times around for a weekend. Mm-hmm. And when if the Masters is moving times around, BS NASCAR, yep. you can move times around if you see bad weather coming. That's Agreed. my quick, quick soapbox. I can't argue with you. That's 100% accurate. I was I watched the first thing I thought of was, huh, they moved the Masters start time for the final round. And you're telling me we can't do anything with the with the Cup Series on a Sunday. Yep. Ridiculous. Anyway, especially when (laughs) I you know, I've been to I've been on the inside at a cup weekend. And yes, there's stuff with tech inspection and everything. There's a lot of standing around and waiting on Sunday morning. A lot. It would be. And then. okay, so not only that. But we wait until the rain stops to start driver intros. Come on. You know, driver intros to me is like baseball warmups before a game. They got to spend an hour warming up before they play the game. Warm up I, in the back, man. Like if, if rain's coming, skip the driver intros. Come on. Nobody cares. They want to see the cars in the show. You think anybody cares about the drivers walking out into a stage and waving and sitting in the back of a pickup? Not when rain's coming. No, get the race on. I mean, when the rain isn't coming, then yeah, it's great. It's awesome you're to see not, the drivers drive by and pick up in front of you when you're sitting in the stands. You're not, yeah, you're not losing the value of the ticket by not right. doing driver intros. But they you are if you show. miss half the race because it rains out. God dang. I'd love to get Steve O'Donnell in a room and ask him that question. Yeah. Steve, they moved the Masters. You can't move a, a race in Kansas. You know what the difference is? How much money does the Masters make from the TV networks and how much money oh. does NASCAR make from the TV networks? Yeah, that's well. One well, one day, you know, <laughs> right. Masters probably rakes in a ton. NASCAR's got massive TV deals. I understand. Yeah. I understand the TV portion of it, but it isn't because of feasibility. It's because of where the dollar is coming. That's the reason yeah. that it can't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Now we're both off our soapbox. We are off the soapbox. So <laughs> we're gonna talk Talladega. I know it's it's more than a week away. Uh, we're gonna take next week off because of Easter, unless something breaks and there's something worth actually getting on a podcast for. We'll do a short one next week. Otherwise, we're gonna take a week off and we'll get back to you after Talladega. But that means we get to talk about Talladega and we get to make our picks. Um, saw a picture yesterday or today of the giant spoiler on the back of the cars for yeah. Talladega. How tall? Is it 13 inches? Something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, I I hope to heck that this race is good because if they ruin Talladega, I'm going to be so freaking disappointed because I love (laughs) Talladega. But um, yeah, yeah. So it is the Geico 500 Talladega Super Speedway next weekend, not this weekend. Uh, James, you get the first pick. Yeah, and I don't know what to do. I don't even have the (laughs) racing. I I decided I'm not even going to look at the racing. You're you're going to just wing it, huh? Well, this is this is new, so yeah, we we are not running restrictor plates anymore right, right. at Talladega and Daytona. So it's not a restrictor plate track anymore. I don't know what the heck we're going to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah these stats speedway. mean nothing. Stats, I think at this point, the stats don't mean much. They yep. do not mean much. Uh, I always tend to go with Brad Keselowski, um, and I think for safe for safety purposes, I'm going to pick him. Okay. Um, but again, we don't know what we're going to get. But Brad. You know, Brad's been the Pied Piper um, for for a while now, so I I'll take a safe pick and go Brad Kozlowski, even though um, I really like somebody else, but I'm not going to say who it is because I think you might probably pick him. Hmm. Interesting. It'd be interesting if if I do. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. There's there's really no reason to look at the stats. I'm going to throw stats out the window. I'm going to go Jamie McMurray. Oh wait, no. Is he running? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go Kurt Busch. Yeah, that, that'd be good. He's been really good there. Yeah. Um, does he, he doesn't have a restrictor plate win, except for the Daytona 500, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's one of the great restrictor plate racers and does and, and only has the one restrictor plate win to his resume. Yeah, I really don't have any reason to go with Kurt. His name yeah. just jumps out at me, and I'm going that direction. I don't know. Yeah. No real... Some guys... Some guys historically that maybe we should just quickly mention, though. Logano. I thought you might go Logano. Yeah. Um, he's always been good, good there. Choice. Um, Clint Boyer has had really good runs at Talladega. Kyle Busch is a good choice too. I mean, I almost yeah, went Kyle. Kyle. 
Yeah, Kyle could be really good. Um, and we didn't mention our 500 winner, Denny Hamlin, but again, yeah. you know, a lot of his restricted play wins are with restricted play, so we don't know what the heck to do. Yeah, I think Joey Logano is a pretty safe pick, too. Yeah, he's really good at restricted play racing, too. He's, you know, um, again, we don't know. Well, and this is one of those weeks when your dark horse pick could actually take the win, too. Um, I'm gonna... Stenhouse. Say Stenhouse. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go Dark Horse. I get the first Dark Horse pick. I'm gonna go Ty Dillon on it. This one I am going by stats. Uh, Ty's got good stats at at Talladega. He's also a Dillon, <laughs> so yeah. I like that. Um, yep. So I'm going Ty Dillon as my Dark Horse. I'm going with somebody I really liked at Daytona, and who you know, if if things if you know things work out, maybe he can he can pull it off. Matt DeBenedetto. Okay, good. I'll make you pick it, spell his name again, but jeez, <laughs> you're probably getting good at it. Did I get it right? That's pretty close. <laughs> uh, it's it's right. I just need to capitalize the B. There you go. Nice. I got it now. Enough yeah, time but he to was. Remember this. how good he was at Daytona? I mean, yeah. he had a lot of laps. So yeah, and this is this is the type of race that could really uh, could really turn his season around, I guess, or or really put him on the map. So. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Um, shout outs, James. I think the shout out you have in the notes is from last week, isn't it? Yeah, we do have last week's shout outs in there. So I don't know. I got I... this week's on there, actually. This week, this week is mine oh. on there. So there well, I don't have one this week, so I'm gonna okay. let you take it. All right. Well, I just wanted, I pointed out, uh, all the dirty mo media stuff last week, but Clint Boyer was on the Dale Jr. download this week. And I've only had a chance to listen to about 20 minutes of it, 15, 20 minutes of it, but it's already pretty much like the best radio I've ever listened to ever. Um, <laughs> Clint's just great. And they're trying to convince him to do a podcast. And I think oh, that would should. be the best thing ever. I would listen to that every, I, as soon as it came out, I would start listening to it. There's nothing better than listen to Clint talk. So, um, so yeah, if you want a good entertaining, listen, listen to the Dale Jr. Download this week and Clint Boyer and pretty much just add it to your subscriptions and just listen to it all the time. Cause it's a good show. Clint Boyer, if he was ever to host a podcast, there would have to be a two beer minimum <laughs> yeah. for you before the podcast starts for Clint and anybody else who comes on the podcast. Right. Yeah. And it would he'd knock it out of the park. I don't think Clint needs a beer to be dude. He's entertaining as heck, man. <laughs> oh man. He's so good. Can you imagine a Clint Boyer championship? Remember Brad Keselowski drinking the beer on on Wind Tunnel? Yeah, and Sports Center, yeah. Clint oh my Boyer God. doing that after the after the championship. Man. <laughs> right? Brad Keselowski was full blown buzzed on yeah, he ESPN. Was. Oh yeah. Well, it's fantastic. He announced that he was drunk. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. And he's drinking out of a boot. Great. That was, that was good stuff. Uh, fantasy league. Let me pull up the old fantasy league results, I, which I don't want to yeah, look at. <laughs> I got them right here. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Richmond raceway, our good pal, Ranger Runyon, yeah. he, uh, he brought it home 242 points. Uh, he was the, he's number one, uh, freight train second, Justin seven, one, three was third. And me and you were pretty close. I was fourth. You were fifth. Yeah. You're gaining on um, me though. I'm, I'm making some gains. Hurricane Ditka sixth and Scoters, uh, in seventh. And then, the overall leaderboard, Justin seven one three continues to lead, but it's pretty close. It's got freight train right behind him and Ranger running in third. Uh, Hurricane Dicka is fourth, and then you are fifth, and I am a hundred points behind you. I know you're so, getting closer. I don't like I'm it. Inching my way forward. I had the uh, I had Larson in my starting lineup and had to do something with about that after I saw he crashed. I'm pretty sure I had him in mind too, and and moved him out. But I had Kyle. I, I went all in on JGR. I think I had Kyle, Denny, and Truex in mind. Yeah, I had yeah I had Truex too, which was uh, ended up being a good <laughs> good yeah. pick. Yeah, sealed the deal. Yeah, go with JGR every week. You'll, you'll be fine. Exactly, exactly. I think I'm gonna. I feel like I need to change my strategy because I've been trying to like pick like a good driver and then a couple okay drivers. See, I had Chris Busher too this week, and that didn't help me out any. Um, yeah. I got talked into it by the fantasy people listening to the fantasy shows and eh, I should have done that. But so yeah. I've been trying to trying to mix it up and I think I just need to take one of these weeks and just throw everything at it because I think that's what yeah. everybody else is doing. I feel like at some point in the season, everybody's going to run out of the good drivers and then I'm going to start moving my way back up the ladder. Yeah, you got it. It's weird. This 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 league is just totally different than anything I've ever done. So yeah. I don't know I if I'm a fan. So I know I, I know drivers. I talked you into this, but I don't know if I'm a fan. Yeah, I, I'm not used to having this many good drivers at one time. But, yeah. you know, I think for Talladega, my strategy might be I'm going to save some starts and, yeah. and go with some some guys who might not get starts um, during yeah. the season. Yeah, I'm leaning that direction, too. I think so. We'll see. I don't know. I, I don't might know. take, like, it's one tough. guy based on qualifying and then everybody else just. Right. 
So. I feel like I'm starting to figure the league out a little bit, but it, 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 it took me a while. It's, Glad you are. I feel tough. like I'm going the opposite direction. Ranger so. Runyon, I, I think I think he might have missed a week, and he's yeah. been flying. Yeah. Dominating. He's up to third now. Yeah, he's and he's only one point out of second. Yeah, so good good job by him. <laughs> yeah. like it. Yeah, we're going to have to boot him. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, anything else, James, we need to talk about before we close this sucker out? Oh, happy Easter, everybody. There you go. Um, we're gonna take the week off, like you said, but uh, yeah, if, if anything does come up, we'll hop on, do a little micro pod or something. We'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Did you check out the uh, the annual Peeps 400 from uh, NASCAR Peeps? NASCAR Chasm? No, I didn't see the Peeps 400. I'll have to go check that out. So NASCAR Chasm does a thing, and I kind of skipped through the video because it was a little longer than it needed to be. Um, but he does a thing where he takes a bunch of Peeps and draws the driver's numbers on them, and then puts them on a plate and runs them in the microwave for seven minutes. <laughs> And I th- and the one who is the the most recognizable when it's done is the winner. I think Denny Hamlin got the win this year, if I remember correctly. I don't not to spoil it for anybody. If you want to check it out, go to NASCAR Chasm's uh, YouTube channel. It's uh it's pretty entertaining. And you know you kind of have to you have to appreciate his humor, and then sometimes it's too much. So inconsistent with it, I know. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so. I bet that he's able to do it so do what he does so often. Yeah. Did you? So do the peeps really – here's a, my off-the-wall question. Yeah. Do the peeps really expand when they're in the microwave? Yeah, they, or kind, they, of, just melt? they kind of blow up and then melt down. Because I remember watching South Park many years ago. <laughs> they had an Easter episode. Yeah. and South Park those... is definitely the example you want to use exactly. for reality. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, there was a scene where they threw the peeps in the microwave and, like, you know, people were screaming and peeps right. were exploding out of the microwave. And I was wondering, do peeps really explode in the microwave? I was just kind of curious. Uh, his so. didn't explode, but they definitely they poof. And, yeah, they definitely got uh, got are bigger. You, are you pro peeps or anti peeps? Uh, it's a it's a it's a hot debate this time of year during Easter. I uh, I could do a peep every now and then. I mean, pretty much I enjoy the sugar part of the peep and not the marshmallow part. Do you know when peeps are their best? When is is when you when you crack open the container and you leave it open for like 360 days and then you come back and peeps 400. There you go. <laughs> the great American peep racing spectacle brought to you by Martinsville hot dog flavor peeps. You should probably just not take it away. Blake. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I got to find, there's a part in here where he's forget who it is. Oh, it's Michael Waltrip. He's doing the grid walk and he does a pretty good Michael Waltrip impression. Let me find it here. There we go. How's your peep? <laughs> kind of sounds like him. Yeah. Hey, Alex, Michael Waltrip. How's your peep? <laughs> hey, Pete, Denny. Want a taco? <laughs> Oops. Oh, no. Yeah, I dropped the taco on Denny's peep. That's <laughs> so, really Michael Waltrip. You're, you, I'm convinced. That's I don't think anything. so. No? So, yeah, let me let me scan forward here and make sure I had the, the winner right. Was it? No, maybe it was Blaney. Hold on, here we go. But with a slightly more intact peak, Joey Logano. Oh, Joey Logano is your got the 2019 win. Peeps 400 winner. <laughs> oh, that can go right up next to his. War. Yeah. <laughs> that can go right next to his Monster Energy Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another shout out for you. Go check out NASCAR Chasm and, uh, and the Peeps 400. It's <laughs> great. All right, James, if they want to find you during the week, how can they find you? At James Cush on Twitter. You can find me at T Super Speedway on Twitter. You can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash the super speedway. You can find us on the web at thesuperspeedway.com. You'll find the show notes there, links to the articles that we discussed. I will throw the links to link to the Peeps 400 into the show notes as well because I don't have them in there yet. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud wherever you found us today. We hope you subscribe and continue to listen. Uh, if you want to become a patron and support what we're doing and help us get uh, get to do some more things, maybe get to the track more, get some better equipment, although we got some pretty good equipment. We're doing good on the equipment front. Um, anyway, help us out at patreon.com slash the super speedway. We go to Talladega Super Speedway next weekend. We get a weekend off this weekend for Easter, and I believe it is a straight up all around off weekend for NASCAR, right? There is no NASCAR race this weekend. I think you are correct, but I am 90% sure. Pretty sure I'm right. I um, leak confidence all the time on this podcast <laughs> and try not to show it. Hey, before we jump out of here, let's just stretch this out a little bit longer. We're only at an hour and four minutes right now, so let's oh let's see if we can stretch it out a little bit. Um, oh so a lot of people want us to run a street course in NASCAR, right? Ah, I heard about that. Did anybody watch the, uh, or at least stay awake for the, the long 
Beach Grand Prix, whatever the heck it's called. Grand Prix. All I know is there was a car that ended up in the flowers. (sighs) Did they? Oh, I didn't see that. I have to watch the uh, highlights of that. That's all I know. I've been waiting for someone to crash through the flowers in forever. Um, Yeah, like a 20 some second victory, I believe, for uh, the winner. Uh, Rossi? Yeah. Rossi won? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about the whole street course thing. I, we, we, I heard some people argue that the uh, the Pinty series does it, and the Euro series I think does it, but those guys run like late light late models. They're not like our Cup cars. I don't think our Cup cars have any business being on a street course. Gluck and Nate Ryan were pretty excited about yeah. it on Gluck's post race podcast. Of course they were. The- <laughs> Gluck's, Gluck's a wannabe IndyCar fan anyway. I'm I'm joking because I like IndyCar, so don't everybody don't hate on me for dissing Gluck. I I'm also on the same boat, so um, I don't know. Maybe just the Grand Prix of Long Beach isn't the place to do it. That track historically isn't that great anyway. It's the spectacle and the event than more so than the actual race. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a place for it. So put the F1 cars out there, see how they do. There you go. All right, I guess that's it. We go Easter racing this weekend, and then to Talladega next weekend, and we will be back after Talladega to talk about it some more. Until then, everybody, let's go racing.